Okay, good evening, Rabotai. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you tonight. I'm a neighbor, you know. I'm in the, the trailer is right next to you. Shachin Tov, Chavar Tov. So tonight I want to speak about the following very painful question. This is a very profound question, and we're going to try to offer two approaches to answer this very painful question. Of all the great tzaddikim who ever died, you can make the case that Sarah died the most painful death of anybody in history. Okay, we had tzaddikim who were murdered, Rabbi Akiva, Asar Haruge Malchus, but think about how Sarah died. Sarah died thinking that her son was slaughtered by her husband, and it wasn't even true. So she swallowed the most bitter pill in the history of anybody. She died thinking her own husband killed her child. It didn't even happen. What other tzaddik, what other tzaddikas died in such a painful way? That's a very bitter pill to swallow. Why did Sarah die this way? Who else in history died thinking that their spouse killed their child? What a, what a terrible way to go. That's the question. You have to think about that. Who, nobody in the history of the Jewish people ever died that way. And Sarah Yemenu, who was greater than Avraham. Avraham was tafel to Sarah ben Aviyut, Rashi says. She had a die thinking that her husband killed her son. Let's try to address that. We know that in Parshas Vayera, God criticizes Sarah. It's very interesting. We know Sarah Yemenu was Neviah. Anybody know? How many prophecies did Sarah Yemenu receive in her whole lifetime? She was big Nevi'ah, right? We say, she, Avraham was tuffled to her bin Nevi'ah. How many prophecies did Sarah Yemenu have in her whole lifetime? One. How many, how many words did God ever say to Sarah? Three. No, you laughed. That's the, that was her whole big prophecy. Her whole career of prophecy was, no, you're a liar. That's her big nevuah, right? She's greater than Abraham Avinu. What did, she, what did God tell her? No, you laughed. The problem is, Abraham also laughed. They both laughed. They both had the exact same reaction. What does God say to Abraham? Oh, I'm going to give you Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to give you children. Only brachot. What does God say to Sarah? No, you laughed. Why is Sarah criticized and Abraham not criticized? Let's talk about that question. What kind of question is that? Rashi addresses that. One at a time. We're going to offer tonight a number of answers to that question of why Avraham was not criticized and Sarah was criticized. And we're going to try to come back and explain why Sarah died the way she did. Okay. So if you take a look, if you have on your sheets, the one that says, Parshas Vayira, Vayipoel Avraham alpanova Yitzchak. Avraham fell on his face and he laughed. Vayoymer beliboy and he said in his heart, I'm a hundred years old. I can't have a kid. Could Sarah have a kid? She's 90. So Abraham laughed. What did Sarah do? Sarah also laughed. You have the sheets. We have two sets of sheets. Everyone have the sheets? So, in Perak... Yudchas Pasuk Yudbeis Vatitzchak Sarah Bekir Baleimar Sarah laughed inside her and she said Acharei Veloisi Hoisaliyad Now after I got worn out I'm going to become smooth again Vadoini Zakeh Plus my husband He's over the hill 
Why did Sarah laugh? Why did Abraham laugh? Why is Hashem coming to Abraham and say, why did she laugh? He laughed. They both laughed. Why is Abraham off the hook? That's the question. Answer number one, Rashi. Rashi quotes Targum Unklus. Unklus translates the laughter of Abraham different than he translates the laughter of Sarah. Unklus translates, Vayipol Avraham alpano vayitzchak, look at number three, Unafal Avraham alapohi vachadi. What does vachadi mean? Gilarinadi tzave chedva. You know that song? You sing that? Spardim, they do shavrachom? They get married, yeah? Gilarinadi tzave chedva. What does chedva mean? Happy. Happy. Avram was happy. He didn't laugh. He didn't mock. He rejoiced. Look how the Targum translates Sarah. says Targum Sarah. What does Vachaychas mean? She laughed. So it means different things. Avraham rejoiced. Sarah laughed. So God criticizes Sarah because Sarah laughed incredulously. Avraham did not laugh in mockery. Avraham was happy. Avraham rejoiced. And that look, if you look in Rashi, that's what Rashi says. Rashi says in number five. This one, Unklos translates the lashon of happiness and he rejoiced. And Sarah, a lashon of laughter. We learn out, Avraham ha'amin. Avraham believed, Vesamach, he was happy, Vesara, Loiha, Amina, Sara did not believe, Veliglaga, what does Veliglaga mean? She mocked. Now the question is, how does Targum know to translate Avraham's laughter different than Sarah's laughter? It says the exact same word. It says by Avraham, and by Sarah it says, Vatitzchak. How could Targum translate the words differently? And the answer is, and this is a principle Rashi says in Bereshis, Parak Gimel, Pasuk Ches, Va'ani lo'bati ela l'pshutav shalmikra. Rashi says, my job is not to tell you the meaning of the word, my job is to tell you the simple reading of the Pesukim, the verse. So you have to always read a verse in its context. Let's talk about Avraham. Who's Avraham talking to? God tells Avraham, Hey, Abraham, you're going to have a kid. Avraham fell on his face and he laughed. He's in the presence of God. You think he's going to laugh in mockery in God's presence? So in the context, in the presence of God, Vayitzchak means he rejoiced. Sarah is not in the presence of God. Sarah is standing behind the door of the tent. She overhears someone tell Avraham he's going to have a kid. So if she's not in the presence of God directly, the word vatitzchak could mean she laughed, not that she rejoiced. Okay? So that's the first approach. Again, Abraham didn't laugh. Abraham rejoiced. Sarah laughed in mockery. Okay? That's the first answer. Good? So far? Answer number two. Answer number two. We're going to give four approaches. One is what we call textual, meaning based on uh, the, the context of the Pasuk. One is, is going to be halachic, one is going to be psychology, and one is going to be kabbalah. Okay? So the first one is what we call textuali, textual. Now we get to halacha. 
Any Nabiim over here? Any prophets? Yeah? What, what, what's your name? Chaim. So when, uh, if God comes to you, when God says, Chaim, in the year 2000 and 2000, there's going to be a pandemic. And you come and you make announcement, Shari Amunai, you give a clap on the bima, yeah, and you say, God told me there's going to be a pandemic, and it doesn't happen. Are you a Navi Sheker? No, you're not a Navi Sheker. Why? The Rambam writes that if a prophet says prophecy of Ra, and it doesn't happen, it doesn't mean that you're Navi Sheker. It could be God is Erechapayim Barav Chesed. People did Shuva and God changed his mind. So a prophecy, Lera, does not have to come true. Maybe the people did Shuva. That's what the Rambam writes, Perak Yud, Hilchos Yisodei HaTara. What if Chaim gets up? What if God comes to a prophet and says, Tomorrow, this week, the stock market is going to triple? Does it have to come true? God tells a prophet, the stock market is going to triple. Or God tells a prophet, Mashiach is going to come on Tuesday. Does it have to come? So, very interesting. The Rambam Hilchos Yisodei Atara says, no, doesn't have to come. Doesn't have to come. The proof is, God came to Abraham, uh, God came to Yaakov, and he says, I'm going to be with you, I'm going to guard you where you are. And the Pasuk says, Yaakov was scared, Yaakov was afraid. Why is he scared? God said, I'm going to protect you. The answer is, just because God tells a prophet, something good will happen, it does not have to happen. God changes his mind. He can change his mind. However, says the Rambam, once the prophet says the prophecy, it has to come true if it's nevuah l'tova. Nevuah l'ra'ah, even if the prophet says it, it doesn't have to come true. But if a prophet comes and says, he announces, Chaim gets up, God told me, stock market's tripling on Tuesday, it has to come true. If he's an Abi MS, it has to come true. Otherwise, Ram says, we have no way to check and to authenticate a Navi. Otherwise, ha- anybody could say anything, and if it doesn't come, it's, oh, it didn't happen, God changed his mind. So the way to check a Navi is the Navi gets up, and he says something good's going to happen. It has to happen. If the Navi doesn't say it, it doesn't have to happen. If the, once the Navi communicates it, it has to happen. Okay? Says Rav Meir Simchav Dvinsk. And he says this in four places in Chumash. God came to Abraham and he said, Abraham, you're having a kid. Abraham laughed. Not that he didn't believe that God could give him a kid, but he thought maybe he's not deserving it. Just because God tells the prophet something good is going to happen, it doesn't have to happen. So Abraham laughed. He didn't believe it. Not because he didn't think God could bring it about, but because he thought maybe he's not deserving of it. Maybe he'll do an Avera and he'll cancel out the prophecy. So Abraham was allowed to laugh. But then Abraham went, God told Abraham, Sarai, her name is Sarah. And Sarai, she's going to have a kid. So Abraham said, dear, first of all, you have a new name. Your name is Sarah. Second of all, you're going to have a kid. Sarah heard from a prophet. Once Sarah heard from, hears from a prophet, it has to happen. That's them. She can't laugh. Abraham doesn't have to believe it because Abraham heard from God. If God tells you something, you can't take it to the bank. If a Navi tells you something, 
You have to take it to the bank if it's Latov. That's how the Ramadan passed. So Avraham heard it from God, so he laughed. Who am I? Maybe I'm not deserving. Maybe one time I spoke by Chazarat Hashatz, so I lost the whole thing. But Sarah heard it from, from Avraham. Uh, Sarah heard from Avraham, so it has to happen. So Sarah was not allowed to laugh. And the Meshachachma uses this trick throughout Chumash. I'll give you a few examples. God tells Avraham, you're going you're gonna to inherit Eretz Yisrael. What does Avraham say? Bama eda ki irashana. How do I know? What do you mean, know? God told you. Yeah, so what? Just because God told him, Avram never said it to anybody else. If he didn't say it to anyone else, it doesn't have to happen. So he questioned, how do I know that I will continue to merit to get Eretz Yisrael? Another place where Meshach Achma uses this trick. Uh, next week, Parshas Toldot. Rivka, what is she? She's Akara. Vayetar lo Yitzchak. Vayetar lo Yitzchak. Yitzchak prayed for her. Why didn't he pray for himself? Rashbam learns it means he prayed for her. Why didn't he pray for himself? He didn't pray for himself because God had already told Avraham, so he knew he was going to have kids. So that he, he knew for sure he was going to have kids. He didn't have to pray for himself. But God never told Avraham that Yitzchak will have kids through Rivka. So he had no guarantees about her. So he didn't have to pray for himself. He had to pray for her. Here's another example. God tells uh, Moshe, Moshe, I like what Pinchas did. He killed that Zimri guy and Cosby. He took the sword and he killed them both in one fell swoop. Therefore, I want Pinchas to live forever. Right? So then why doesn't God go to Pinchas and say, hey, Pinchas, good job. You're going to live forever. What does God say? God says to Moshe, Lachain emor. Therefore, you say to Pinchas, why, why does God go to Moshe to tell Moshe to go tell Pinchas? Just tell Pinchas he's going to live forever. The answer is if God would come and tell Pinchas he'd live forever, he might not live forever. So God wants to make sure Pinchas will live forever. So he tells Moshe, Moshe, you tell Pinchas. Once you articulate, once the prophet says you're going to live forever, he has to live forever. So Abraham was allowed to laugh because he heard it from God. So it might not happen. But Sarah is not allowed to, have to laugh because she heard it from Abraham. By the way, this approach of Meshachachma is not like Ramban. The Ramban learns, how is Sarah allowed to laugh? Sarah laughed? How could Sarah laugh? Didn't God tell her she's going to have a kid? Listen to what the Ramban says. No, Ramban says, Sarah never heard from God she was going to have a kid. Sarah overheard Arabs tell her husband that she's going to have a kid. You believe anything Arabs say? You know, you believe what you. So, I, but didn't God tell Avraham to change Sarah's name? So, probably Avraham went to Sarah and said, Hey, Sarah, God told me to change your name. And while he was at it, he probably told her she was going to have a kid. Ramban said he was too busy. He never got around to telling her that God told him that she was going to have a kid. Can you imagine such a thing? Ramban says, Avraham was too busy to tell Sarah. He's too busy doing mitzvot, doing bris milah, inviting guests. He never told her she was going to have a kid, so she just heard it from these uh, guests. And therefore, this is now the Meshachachma learns that Avraham told Sarah. Ramban says Avraham never told Sarah. Okay, answer number three. So, so far we have two answers. One answer is Avraham didn't laugh. He, was, he rejoiced. Sarah laughed. 
Answer number two, Abraham laughed. He didn't believe it, but it's okay because it's only God who told him, so it might not happen. But Sarah heard from the prophet, so she's not allowed to laugh. Here's answer number three. You guys know what is Yiddish? Abyssal. Ladino? No, no, Yiddish. Yeah? Okay, you'll, you'll translate. You ready? Really? Yeah. Next time you take me there on vacation. Uh, when we go there. Anatoly. Okay. Yeah. So, Sorry. in Yiddish there's an expression. The, you, know, you know, the how do you say mother-in-law in Yiddish? You know, the shvigar, right? So the mother-in-law, the mother-in-law knows that her daughter is perfect. Her daughter knows how to raise kids. Her daughter knows how to take care of a household. Her daughter knows how to cook. But the daughter-in-law... She's uh, good for nothing. She doesn't know how to take care of the kids, and she doesn't know how to take care of a household, and she, everything the daughter-in-law does is wrong. Right? That's the way it is. Would the mother-in-law ever dare to say one word of Musar to her daughter-in-law? No. The mother-in-law knows. I once heard from uh, Rav Miller. Rav Miller would say, father-in-law and mother-in-law could give their son-in-law and daughter-in-law only two things, kavod and money. That's it. That's the only thing that the father-in-law and mother-in-law could do. So... Would a mother-in-law ever give rebuke to her daughter-in-law? Of course not. But this is, what she, this is how she does it. The, the daughter comes in. She starts yelling at her daughter. You don't know how to raise your children. You don't know how to cook. You don't know how to do homework with the kids. You don't know how to be a wife. And she says it in earshot of her daughter-in-law. She doesn't mean her daughter. She means the daughter-in-law. But she can never tell the daughter-in-law straight. So she tells the daughter, but she really means the daughter-in-law. This, says Chizkuni, is what happened over here. God is rebuking Abraham. Abraham, why'd you laugh? But if you want to give Musa, you can't tell somebody directly why, you know, Musa. So what do I do? So I say, hey, Ashkenazim, at a shir, what are you doing? You're bringing phones to a shir, you crazy Ashkenazim. But I don't mean the Ashkenazim. I mean Sfardim. But I would never tell, I would never tell Sfardim straight. So I make believe I'm talking to Ashkenazim. And I really have in mind Sardim. It's the same thing. Whenever you give Musar, you never give direct Musar. You tell, you talk to somebody else in earshot of the person who you mean, hoping that they get the message. So God tells Abram, Abram, why did Sarah laugh? God doesn't mean why did Sarah laugh. God means, well, hey, Abraham, why did you laugh? But a, a cover-up a more discreet way, a more respectable way of giving Musar to Abraham is, why did Sarah laugh? Hoping Abraham would get the message. Here's the fourth approach. This approach doesn't come from a rabbi. It doesn't even come from a man. This approach comes from a rebbetzin. Say, what? A rebbetzin? This was a very chash of a rabbitzin. This is the... Uh, you ever hear of the uh, tzaddik in our time, Rabbi Aryeh Levine? 
Ish, Ish Tzadik Hayam. Ari Levim was a great Tzadik. He specialized in uh, visiting Chayla, very contagious Chaylem lepers and people who had very contagious diseases in hospitals. I hear that his son continued his, uh, his mitzvah and um, his wife gave an answer to this question. Why did Hashem criticize Sarah and not Abraham based on the Haftorah of uh, Parshas Vayikra? Okay? You know that this week's Haftorah? There was uh, a woman, Isha Hashunam. She was barren for many years. She has a kid. The kid's out working, and the kid tells the dad, Dad, Roshi, Roshi, my head, my head, my head hurts. So the dad says, carry him to the mother. The kid is brought to the mother. The kid dies in the mother's arms. The mother calls her uh, attendant. What? Who? Um, Gehazi. <laughs> Right? Let's go. Um, the, the mother says, okay, we've got to go to the Navi. We've got to go to Elisha. So the husband says, what are you going to Elisha? It's not Rosh Chodesh. It's not Shabbat. On Rosh Chodesh, you have to visit the Chacham. On Shabbat, you have to visit the Chacham. Well, what are you going to visit the Chacham? Is everything okay? And what does she answer? Who remembers what does she answer? Vatomer? Shalom. Hakob Everything's wonderful. She has a dead kid in her lap. The husband doesn't know. The husband says, everything okay? Everything's wonderful. So Gehazi comes running to her. He sends, sends word to Elisha. The woman, the Isha Shunamis is coming. And Gehazi says, everything okay? Shalom. Everything's wonderful. Everything's great. He says to her, Hashalom lach, Hashalom le'ishich, Hashalom la'yoled. Everything's great, she says. Maybe everything's great. She's running to the emergency room because her kid is not sick. Her kid is dead. And Gehazi says, what do you need from the Navi? Do you need him to help you? And what does she say? Shalom, everything's wonderful, everything's beautiful. Why doesn't she say, my kid is dead? No. She keeps on saying, shalom, shalom, shalom. She will not articulate the words that her kid is dead. Says the wife of Rabbi Arya Levine. For God to make a miracle, for that miracle, it originates tachas kiseh hakavod. And then it has to trickle down, 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 down through the various olamot. Olam ha'atzilut, olam ha'asiyah, yitzira. It has to go all the way down, habriyah, down to olam ha'asiyah. By the time it gets here, it could self-destruct. It's not easy for a miracle to travel through the various olamot and actually materialize in this world. That's why the Ramban writes in the beginning of Lechacha. You know the concept. Ma'aseh avot, siman nabanim. Whatever Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov did, made it happen to the Jewish people. God wanted to bring us down to Egypt, so Avraham goes down to Egypt. God wanted that uh, there should be, um, that they would throw our males into the river and, and abuse the females, so God has Sarah abducted. Whatever would happen to us in Mitzrayim, God first made it happen to Avraham and Sarah. And the Ramban says, why? If God wants it to happen to us, just make it happen to us. Why does it first have to happen to Abraham and Sarah? Or for example, Ramban says that uh, God comes to the Navi and he says, Bavel will sink. But not just Bavel will sink. Take this thing, drop it in the river, and say, Kacha tishka Bavel. Bavel will sink like this rock. God wants Bavel to sink. Make Bavel sink. What does the Navi have to throw a rock into the river for? Says the, Ram, uh, the Ramban. For God to bring something from the 
uppermost world and to have it occur and materialize in this world is very difficult. So when it's when it's pre-enacted, when it's acted out by the Navi, it brings it to realization, it brings it to fruition. The Chai Adam writes, the reason why, you know, Le'er Rosh Hashanah, what do we do? The first thing we do is take an apple, we dip it in honey. Why? Oh, we want to have a sweet year. I understand. If God wants us to have a sweet year, you think He can't make us have a sweet year if we don't only have an apple and dip it in honey? No, he could only, we could only have a good year if we go to Gourmet Glad, buy an apple for $5.99, and buy honey and dip it in, oh, now we're going to have a sweet year. Yeah, Chayadam says, for the decree to, which originates in the upper Olamot, to, for it to materialize, it's very easy to, for it to dissipate. So you want to do a ma'aseh to bring it to realization. He quotes the Ramban of Ma'aseh Avot Simanabana. So therefore, says the wife of Ari Levin, if she's going to, Isha, um, to, to Elisha, Elisha says, what's doing? What's master? Uh, what's going on? If she would say the words, my kid is dead, there would be no way for Elisha to change the reality. Once she articulates and says, the child is dead, to reverse that through miracles is very difficult to reverse the reality once the reality is articulated. So therefore, what does she say? How's everything? Shalom. What's going on? Shalom. How's your husband? Great. How's the kid? He's doing really wonderfully. So she doesn't want to articulate that the kid is dead because once she says the kid is dead, fait accompli, the kid remains dead. Says the wife of Rabbi Ari Levine, Vayipol Avraham Alpanov Vayitzchok Vayoymer Belibo. He never said it. He thought it. He laughed. He didn't think it was possible. But he never said it's impossible. So God said, no problem. I know it's not really, I know it's hard to believe that a 90 year old, 99 year old guy is going to have a kid. May a guy walk into the shul. He's a great, great grandfather. He's walking on a cane. He can't even hear you. You know, he, he, that guy's having a kid. Avram didn't think it was possible. So Avram left. So God said, no problem. But Vatitzchak Sarah Bekirba Lamar, she said, she said, I can't, she said, I can't have a kid. So God said, you can't say you can't have a kid. You can't have a kid. You messed this whole thing up. Lamazet Lamar, why'd she say it? Not why'd she laugh, why'd she say it? Once she said, I can't have a kid, she can't have a kid. Rabbi Levin asked his wife, and that's Sarah, how come the Svarim stopped right there? You know the story. I don't know the story, no. And we is asking us the whole story. Oh, really? So that's why we stopped. Yesterday we have, by the time that she goes to the, to, uh, to the Navi, she tells him, oh, he's on the shrine, that's the end of that. But that's oh, that's that's Shalom, that's, that's the end. Right. That's, that's the end. But Ashkenaz has the whole story. So his wife, that she quoted, said, by Sfarim, you tell Chacham, said, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. Don't ask questions, have a nice day. Close the book, Musaf. By Ashkenaz, you have to continue. I want to see it. I don't see it, I don't believe it. That's what she said. Very good. <laughs> Very nice. Good stuff. Okay. So then you'll ask, okay, so if the critique on Sarah was, she said it, so it can't happen, but it did happen. It did happen. 
What did Hashem say back to Vayomer Hashem al-Abraham? Why did Sarah laugh? God said, Hayipaleme Hashem davar. Is it beyond God to do something? Lamoed, this time next year, Ashuvei lecha, ka'ez chayo, Sarah bein. Sarah's going to have a kid. Why is God promising Sarah again that she's going to have a kid? He already promised her she's going to have a kid. Just say, is it beyond God to do anything? That's it. It's not, it's not beyond me. Why does he have to say again, she's going to have a kid? You know why? Because she messed up the first prophecy. God told her she's going to have a kid, but when she said, I can't, she can't. So she obliterated the Nebuah of God. So God had to say again, it's not beyond me, because I could say again, you're going to have a kid, and she had a kid. So we have four approaches why Abraham was not criticized and Sarah was. Approach number one is, Abraham didn't laugh, he rejoiced. Approach number two, Abraham heard from God, might not happen. Sarah heard from Abraham, it has to happen. Approach number three, God was criticizing Sarah, uh, Abraham. How? By saying, hey, why did Sarah laugh? And Abraham realized, oh, I better get my act together. And approach number four is, Abraham just thought it can't happen. Sarah said it. There's a very uh, mysterious Rishon. The name of this Rishon is Pa'aneach Raza. Pa'aneach Raza is a Rishon you know, from the Middle Ages, who reveals the, the secret Ramazim of the Torah. And he asked the following question, the question we started with. Why was Sarah punished so bitterly that she should die thinking that her husband slaughtered her son and it didn't even happen? Listen to what Panayach Raza says. Sarah was punished, Mida Knagin Mida. When she heard Emet, that she's going to have a kid. She laughed. Ooh, you don't believe the truth? She was punished, Mida Knegen Mida, that she died believing Sheker. She was punished, Mida Knegen Mida. She didn't believe the, the prophet, the, the, the Malach said, Sarah, you're going to have a child. He's saying, Emet La'amito. He's saying what he heard from God. And she didn't accept the truth. The punishment of someone who doesn't accept the truth is they're forced to swallow the most bitter pill. They have to accept Sheker. Khatam Sofer quotes Paneach Raza. And he comments four words on this Paneach Raza. He says, The prophet speaks great words. Who's the prophet? Paneach Raza. He's not a prophet, he's a Rishon. What do you mean the prophet speaks great world, words? So they explain the Chassam Sofer as follows. Chassam Sofer lived in the age of uh, reform. You ever wonder? Those movements that deviate from traditional Judaism, they concoct such a fabricated version of Yahadus. What's Judaism? Save the planet, save the whales, save the climate. And they believe in that more they believe in Torah Tzivalana Moshe Yaakov. They believe in distorting every value we hold true and they accept it with every fabric of their being. How could they accept such sheker? Don't they know better? The answer is it's midah, kenegad midah. 
The verdict of history is when people don't accept the emet, they will embrace sheker and they will accept it as fact and there will be no way of talking them out of it. How is it that these left-wing movements accept every deviation and every nonsensical value and they believe in it as if it's Torah, Torah Misinah. The answer is because when you reject the emet, you take the sheker and the Yitzhahara convinces you that's the emet. That's a very powerful uh, phenomenon and lesson. But now I want to flip the whole thing on its head. And I want to change your perspective of Akedah forever. Because until now we're thinking that Sarah was punished at the Akedah. She thought her, her child was killed and therefore she died and she swallowed this really bitter pill. I want to change your whole understanding of Akedah. Based on Ga'on Uzenu Lechida Lecham Yosef David Azulai with a little Hosafa. This is Oyamanayu. This is really amazing. Remember in the beginning of the Kedah, God says, Kachna es bencha, es yechidcha. You guys know this. We say it once a year on Rosh Hashanah. You guys say it every day, right? Kachna es bencha, es yechidcha, asher ahachna. It's in the Siddur also. What? It's in the Siddur also. Yeah, we don't, we don't go by what's in the Siddur. <laughs> <laughs> we know better than just to say everything in the Siddur. <laughs> we say some of the things in the Siddur. Kachna es bencha, es yechidcha, asher ahachna. What's this whole uh, this whole discourse? Just say Kachnas Yitzchak. What does Rashi say? He didn't want to shock him. If you say take Yitzchak and slaughter him, people will say he, um, Avram went out of his mind, and that's why he listened to the Akedah. So God brought it on slow. Kachnas Bencha. Who I have to? Yechidcha. You only oh, Asher Ahavta. Fine. So the only reason God gave all these descriptions is to you know take it easy on Abraham. Where did the guy from Greece go? At the end of the Akedah, God says, Oh, now I know. Don't touch the kid. You didn't withhold your son, your only son. Why in the world after the Akedah does God say, you didn't withhold your son, your only son? The only reason he said that in the beginning is to keep to lay it on slow, to ease Avram into it. But Avram already did it. Why does he have to say, oh, I see you really fear me. You didn't withhold your son, your only son. That's, that's not needed at this point. It's after the fact. The story's over already. This is the strangest passage in the Chumash. You ready for this? This, I'm. Vayomer Yitzchak el Avraham Aviv. Yitzchak said that they know they're walking to Akedah. Vayomer Yitzchak el Avraham Aviv. Vayomer Avi. He said what? Dad. What in the world is that supposed to mean? Vayomer. And what did Avraham say? Hineni bini. Behold, here I am. What is this, Masterpiece Theater over here? Vayomer Yitzchak el Avraham Aviv. Yitzchak said to Avraham, Vayomer. Father? And Isaac said, and uh, Avraham said, Dad? I mean, what in the world, what's going on over here? Vayomer Yitzchak el Avraham Aviv. Vayomer Avi, Father? 
Vayomer, son? What exactly are they saying? This is like a Macbeth over here. Who, 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 who talks this way? When you talk to your kid, when your kid comes home, what's your son's name? Shlomo. And Isaac said to his son, Shlomo, Shlomo? And Shlomo said to his father, Father, you do that? If you do that, please tell me how you do, he managed to pull that off. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> I mean, who talks to... If, if your kid wants to tell you something, they, 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 they say, No, I need this. I want this. And you say, Get out of here. Right? <laughs> what kind of conversation is this? Yitzchak said to Avram, his father, Father, and his father said, Behold, here I am, my son. What's up with that? Another question, you ready? I, I left out a word. Et. Well, this is the S coming to include. Yitzchak, is it really? I need, a, I need the word S to include you. I wouldn't have known that it's, it's going to be a tough thing for Yitzchak to have his throat slit, that I need the word S. Who's going to include? S Avraham, we know the word S always comes to include. Who's it including? S Avraham. It says Avraham. So yeah. who's the S? Because, because there were many tests for many people, but this time he tested him. Avraham? Yeah. And who's the S? S Avraham. Let's so, say you would just say Avraham. I know, uh, then I yeah. know it's Avraham. What I'm saying is that when you have S, right? S, it means S Avraham. And now S this guy. And now S this guy. So it's not written. So who's the other guy besides Abraham? The other, in, in, who's the other guy besides Abraham? Yeah, who else is besides Abraham? Let's finish. It's almost not it. Ten minutes. Ten minutes? Okay. This. Here's the problem. Abraham is about to shech Yitzchak. The moment he shechs Yitzchak, Yitzchak's dead. Abraham is now has a halachic status of onain. His kid is dead. He didn't bury him yet. He's an onain. Can an onain be makrif karban? No. So once Abraham shafts Yitzchak, he can't put him on his leach. He's an onain. So the whole akeda is uh, over. So Abraham should have realized the whole thing was a scam. Because it's not halakhically possible to do the akedah. The moment he shafts him, he's onain. Once he's onain, can't be makrifim. That's question of Magen Avraham in his commentary to the Medrash Yalkut Shimoni. Okay? This question is going to open up the whole, a new perspective of akedah. If you look in the Medrash and Parshat Ha'azinu, the Medrash says that God, Avraham loved God so much that if, if God would ask Avraham, give me Galgal Enecha, give me your eyeball, Avraham would have given it to him. Not only that, if God would have told Abraham, Abraham, give me your soul, Avraham would have done it. You know the song? Es nafshi ha yechida. You know that song? 
Okay, you don't know the song, but <laughs> the nefesh is called yechida. You know, we have naran. You know naran, nefesh ruach neshama, chaya yechida. Yechida is the neshama. If God would have told Abraham to offer his own life, Abraham would have offered his own life. Shenemar kachna es bincha. Take your son as yechidcha. Yechidcha doesn't mean your only son. Kill yourself also. The chida says. Chida learns, because uh, Kadmonim, that the Nisayan of Akedo is Abram has to shecht Yitzchak, and if he wants, he could also shecht himself. Or someone could shecht him. We always, they never told you that in Cheder, because they would, they would, you would have to go for therapy after that. But the real story is that Abraham was told to shecht Yitzchak, and if Abraham wanted, he was going to give up his own life. So now there's a big dilemma here. Who's going to shecht him? Avram said, look, I'm older. I get first dibs. Hey, Yitzchak, you shecht me. Vayomer Yitzchak, Elaviv, Ovi, you're my father. I can't shecht you. I'm not doing it. That's what it means. Vayomer Yitzchak, Elaviv, Ovi, you're my dad. I can't shecht you. Vayomer, he never even need. No problem, I'll do it myself. Avram said, I don't need you. I'll shecht myself. Because only one of them. So Yitzchak said, can't do that. Because if you shecht yourself... Then I'm an onen, and I can't put you on the mizbeach. So Abraham says, "Wait a second, but if I shecht you, then I'm an onen, and I can't put you on the mizbeach." Yitzchak said, "Abraham, you forgot you're kohen gadol. Kohen gadol is allowed to do avodah onen. That's why Yalkut Shimoni says Abraham was kohen gadol. So they're working out logistically who could shecht him." Yitzchak said, I ain't shechting you. Avi! Abraham said, I don't need you. I don't need your chasidah shechita. I'll shecht myself. I'll shecht myself. Yitzchak says, but then I can't put you on mezbeach because I'll be onen. So Abraham says, well, I can't put you on mezbeach. Yitzchak says, you're kohen gadol. Not a problem. I'm just regular kohen. So they, therefore, there's no choice other than Avraham shechts Yitzchak. He'll then be able to put him on mezbeach. But nobody can shecht Abraham, so Abraham can only want to give up his life. And that's the story. Chida says that's why at the end of the Akedah, Kivarech Avarechicha. Chazal Darshan. Echad leben, Echad la'av, Echad leben. Both of you get a bracha. Yitzchak, you agreed to be shechted, and Abraham, you wanted to give up your life. That's what Chida says. Because of everything that was said today. What do you mean everything was said? Nothing was said. It was what they did. No. They were being rewarded for what they said. That Avraham, that Yitzchak said, Avi, I can't shecht you. And Avraham said, He didn't even I'll shecht myself. So now we just revolutionize Akedah. Akedah was not just Avram Shechach Yitzchak. If he wanted, he could give up his own life. Now I'm going to change your whole perspective of Parshas Chayi Sarah. You ready for this? Vatamasara, the Kiryat Arba, says Zohar Chadash. Sarah didn't die because of Nachash. The Kiryat Arba, she died Bekriyat Arba Asvan Bekriyat Shema. She died saying the four words of Shema, which are Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. She died saying Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. You know, in Shulchan Aruch, written by Maran Bet Yosef, 
Shachanach says that you have to say Shema Be'ema Uveyira Bereset Uvezeyan. You have to say Shema with fear, with dread, with trembling and shaking. Could I, I have a question. Why is Shema such a traumatic experience that you need to say it? Be'ema Be'ira Bereset Uvezeyan. Why is it so traumatic? What? Olmachut Shemayim. Bet Yosef is quoting the Rajba in Chuvot. The Rajah says, when you say Shema, you need to be mechavin, that if you were ever put to the ultimate test, you would be Moser Nefesh HaKidosh Hashem. When a Jew says Shema, they're supposed to imagine themselves dying al Kiddush Hashem. That's what you're supposed to think when you say Shema. That's very traumatic. It's Be'ima, Be'ira, Bereset, Uvezeya. That's the Pshat in Shulchan Aruch. The reason you say Shema, Be'ima, Be'ira, Bereset, Uvezeya, because when you say Shema, you should envision if ever put to the ultimate test, you would give up your life. Al-Kiddush Hashem. Now, Sarah died saying Shema, being willing to give up her life. She gave up her life. She t- and God took it. So I ask you one simple question. That's not what Rashi says. Rashi says, why did Sarah die? When she heard that Abraham took Yitzchak to the Akedah, the words of Rashi are, V'kimat shelo nishchat, and he almost wasn't shechted, parcha nishmasa. Her soul left. So Rashi says the reason she died is she was shocked to death. She heard that her husband almost slaughtered her son. So what's the Zohar saying? She died saying, Kriyat Shema. Can we reconcile the Zohar? With Rashi, Rashi said she died because it sounds like she died in shock hearing that Yitzchak was almost shechted. Now most people read Rashi. She thought he was almost shechted. But that's not what Rashi says. She heard he was almost not shechted. So... I'm going to come back to that in a minute. The Avodas Yisrael, Kajan Tamagat says, you know what happened? When Sarah heard that Avraham took Yitzchak to Akedah, she had such ecstasy that she was zocha to have a husband and a son who were performing the greatest feat in the history of mankind that she wanted to be mishtatev and she wanted to join in their Mesirot Nefesh. So she said, if I can't be there and I can't be at the, at the Mizbeach and be shechting my son... I at least want to have some partnership with them. So I'm going to say Shema and I'll be Moser Nefesh Al-Kiddush Hashem. And God took her. But maybe we could say one more step. When she saw V'ho Eloikim Nisa et Avraham Yitzchak was given the opportunity for Mesirat Nefesh. God didn't take him. Nothing happened to Yitzchak. When Avraham was given the opportunity to give up his own soul God didn't take him. When she saw Kimat Shaloi Nishchat, that nobody did anything, she said, someone has to do something over here for this to be a real Akedah. Avram not doing anything. Yitzchak didn't do anything. Kimat Lo Nishchat, what's going to be with the Jewish people for all time? Nobody did anything. So she said, I'm going to do Akedah. So she gave up her life, Akedah Hashem. So we think... You know, here you have this lady sitting behind the Mechitza and Parashat Chayi Sarah, and she's watching what her husband and son are doing, and she feels terrible about it, and she died in shock. That's not, that's not what happened over here. <laughs> when she saw 
that the carbon of Yitzchak lo niskabel and the carbon of Abraham lo niskabel. She said, okay, somebody's got to do something over here. Parchanish masa. So we call it akedat Abraham, akedat Abraham, akedat Yitzchak. And the real hero over here is Vayil Chaye Sarah. The real hero was Sarah Imenu. She was the one who was Moser Nefesh HaKidosh Hashem, and her soul was Neskabel by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So all three of them, so we want to know, Valekim Nisa, Et, Et, is not Larabot Yitzchak. We know Yitzchak, it says Beferosh, the Et is secretly Larabot Sarah, who's the real hero of HaKedat Yitzchak. So we ask, how could Sarah die in, with such a bitter peel, pill? Hearing, no, she didn't die with a bitter pill. She died performing the greatest feat in the history of mankind, where she was lomitsuvava oseh. She didn't have to do anything, but she had, so to speak, the desire to be mishtatef with the akeda. And while Abraham didn't do it, and Yitzchak didn't do it, and she saw Rashi says lefi she'al yedei besurato akeda shenazdamein benal shchita bekemat shewoi nishchat. He wasn't shechted. I'm here. Good? It's going to be on Torah anytime anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> her soul flew away. She gave up her soul in for Akedat Sarah. That's a pretty a novel way of looking at the, the whole story. And Vayavai Avraham with Kosasar um we know there's a small chaf, and uh, why a small chaf? Small chaf, she's karban. Isn't she wasn't killed. She didn't die. This is a karban. You don't you don't cry for a karban. So Avram had a had a mitigate the the tears. He couldn't cry so much. He cried, but he realized that his wife was the kar, the ayil. The ayil. By the way, the Malbum says something slightly similar that. When Sarah realized that her son was going to be taken at the Akedah, she gave up her life to save her son. It was like she was the Ayal Tachas Yitzchak. So, this is what we uh, remind HaKadosh Baruch Hu of every morning. When we say, Va'akedas Yitzchak Lazarai Barachamim Hayom Tizkar, we ask Hashem to remember the Zuchut of Abraham, the Zuchut of Yitzchak, and of course to remember the Zuchut of Sarah Imenu, Masai Yagiu Ma'asenu. Thank you very much for uh, joining me tonight. Wish you all bracha v'atzachash. Thank you.